Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The scripture reads, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to that man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The word of the Lord. And the church said, amen. I want to preach for a few moments from the topic. Are you in the 10? Are you in the 10? Fathers, we stand here. On this, the last Sunday of 2019, closing one decade and beginning another one, I pray that you would speak in this moment. I pray that your Holy Spirit would translate this word to every heart, that people's ears would be open, but that their hearts would be open. Let us close out this year with a sense of gratitude for what you have accomplished in our life. Let us walk into this new decade, dear God, cognizant of who you are, understanding who we are becoming. Father, use me today. I am your vessel. Where I am weak, become strong. Let the excellency of the treasure shine, even through this broken vessel. And we pray that lives will be transformed at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I don't know if you've really taken time to think about it and to process the reality that today is not just the last Sunday of the year, but today is the last Sunday of the decade. And when you look at the definition of a decade, a decade is a period of 10 years. And our society has developed a habit of, of kind of naming decades. You know, you, you remember the 60s. I don't remember the 60s. I wasn't there, but I've heard of the 60s. And then you have the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. I was there for those. And now here we are in the 2010s are coming to a close, another decade in the books. And when we look at the number 10, um, you need to know that there is some biblical significance um, to the number 10. And, and as we get ready to close out this year, I'm sure you've heard lots of preachers begin to talk about 2020. And we're not quite there yet. I wanted to deal with um, this concept of a decade closing and a decade beginning. So today, I want to deal not with 2020, but I want to deal with the number 10. Um, and we find biblical significance with this number. Uh, for example, God spoke to Moses and delivered the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. Faithful believers are encouraged to give a tithe or a tenth of their increase as a demonstration of covenant. The Passover lamb was selected on day 10 of the first month. And in Genesis chapter 1, when God created all that we see, we see him utilizing 10 
declarations. Overall, 10 is viewed as a perfect and a complete number, similar to 3 or 7 or 12. It signifies the law, testimony, responsibility, and the completeness of order. Which brings us to today's focal passage where Jesus encounters 10 lepers. Look at verse 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, it's important that we recognize what's going on in this moment. These men were lepers and leprosy was a chronic, infectious and incurable skin disease of that time. People were not treated nice when they had leprosy. In fact, many people felt like leprosy was the reality of sin in a person's life. And so they treated leprosy not just as a natural condition, but they treated leprosy as a spiritual condition. In fact, according to the law, lepers were required to live outside of the camp or the city. And when other people were around, the leper had the responsibility and the obligation to announce himself as being unclean. So for example, if I was a leper and I stepped into this group of people, it was my responsibility to shout unclean, unclean. And as I shouted unclean, I was telling everyone who was around, everyone who could hear that, that I was a leper and I was not to be dealt with and not to be touched because if people came in contact with me and I was unclean, then they became unclean according to the ceremonial law. But at this moment, we see these lepers taking a risk because what they yell out is not unclean, unclean. They yell out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Standing from a distance, they saw this man named Jesus. Now, they were used to begging for money and people would have compassion and pity on them. But I'm sure they had heard about this man named Jesus who was performing miracles. This man named Jesus who could, who could perform miracles and who could heal anyone. And so they, they, they shot their shot. And they said, you know what? Let's cry out to him and see how he responds. And in that moment, according to verse 14, he looks at them and he says, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, this is an interesting moment to me because he doesn't even necessarily say, be cleaned. He, he doesn't even say, be healed He just said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, it was common that if there was a healing that took place, that people would go to the priest in order to show themselves as being clean. So now they could be ceremoniously acknowledged again to acknowledge publicly and spiritually that they have been made whole. But Jesus doesn't even tell them that they are made clean. He just tells them to go. And as they go at the word of the Lord, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Can you imagine What that felt like for these 10 lepers who had spent their entire lives outside? Can you imagine what that felt like for these lepers who all of their life while they had leprosy, wherever they went, they had to announce the fact that they were different. They had to announce the fact that they were sick. They had to announce the fact that they were unclean. And here they meet this name Jesus, hoping that he would say something transformative that would just change their life. Maybe they were waiting for abracadabra. You are healed. (laughs) Maybe they were waiting for some big demonstration. They didn't know how this whole healing thing works. Maybe the skies were supposed to open up and maybe there was supposed to be a dove that descended upon them to say, you are now clean. But in this moment, 
Jesus just said, go and show yourself to the priests. And they had enough faith to do what Jesus said. And can you imagine as they begin to walk to the temple, they begin to look at their hands and they look brand new. They begin to look at their feet. Their feet look new too. They, they began to look at their body and all of a sudden the smell and the stench of the rotting flesh began to dissipate and they were no longer lepers. See, they had been so identified by their condition that they were referenced as lepers. But can you imagine the euphoria? Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine the tears that begin to fall? Not just as they reflected on the fact that their hands were being made clean, but as they reflected on all the years of being a pariah. All the years of being forgotten, all the years of being overlooked, all the years of looking from the outside in, wishing and hoping that one day they'd be normal like everybody else. As they walked to the temple, they were miraculously healed. Can we take a moment just to appreciate the power of this moment? Jesus gave them instructions. They were obedient, and as they followed his word, their healing came. And this is just a footnote for this moment. I'm here to encourage some of us that we will see miraculous results from simple obedience in this upcoming year. You will see miraculous results from simple obedience. To a certain extent, many of us have overcomplicated the faith. We have gotten to a place where we want things from God to happen a certain type of way. And God is saying, if you just do what I already said, you'll see the healing that you desire. They were simple in their obedience. They simply were told by Jesus to walk in this direction. And you know what? They did it. And as they walked, as they believed, as they were obedient, certain things began to change. They didn't get the word at that moment that they would be healed, but they followed Jesus' word by obedience. There are certain things and certain miracles that are going to be performed in your life as you do what God told you to do. Meaning that as God tells you the instructions, you're currently not healed. But because you had enough faith to begin walking in what he said, as you walk out what you heard, the healing is going to come. The miracle is going to be performed. The things are going to be transformed on your behalf just simply because you had enough faith to say, okay. What the enemy wants to do in this hour is to hinder us from simple obedience. 2020 hearing. What is God saying? And let me make sure that I am following what he is speaking. As he says it, I believe it. Some of us have seen no manifestation in this previous year because we're not willing to move. Because every time God drops a word in our spirit, it seems silly. It seems inconsequential. It seems inconvenient. And, and, and we wonder why we're not seeing anything change in our life. And I'm here to remind you that God, when he speaks, he expects us to obey. And there's blessing that comes from our obedience. We've been hard-headed and stubborn. But if we learn how to submit to God's simple commands, we will see things change on our behalf. I'm reminded of a leper in the Old Testament named Naaman. Anybody familiar with Naaman? Naaman was a mighty uh, militaristic hero, but he had one issue. He was a leper. And he heard about these people of this God named Yahweh and this man named Elisha, who was a prophet, and that Elisha could heal him of his leprosy. So he got his posse together. They went to go see this man named Elisha, who was a man of God. But Elisha gave him some instructions. He told him to go um, take a bath in the Jordan River seven times, and then you'll be clean. Elisha didn't even come to the door to answer him, and Naaman had the nerve to get upset. Because he figured he was a dignitary. He figured he was a well-known hero. And the prophet should have had a little bit more respect. 
and his friends, those who came with him, those who were submitted to him said, Naaman, why don't you consider this, whether or not he said it one way or the other way, why don't you just be obedient to what the man of God is saying and watch your healing come. And so Naaman submitted himself, humbled himself, did what the prophet told him to do, and he was cleansed. And some of us are like Naaman because God is coming in one direction and one way, but it's because it's not because the way we want it to be, we will not do what God has told us to do. And God is saying, you can't pick your deliverer in this hour, nor can you pick your delivery. You need to learn how to trust what I'm saying, however it comes, and do what I tell you to do. And with that simple obedience will come miraculous results. And so these 10 lepers followed instructions and they went And they were healed. Now, verse 15 continues with the narrative and says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So let's recap this. There were 10 lepers who cried out to the Lord. Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priests. As they began to walk, they were miraculously healed, all 10 of them. But the scripture indicates that only one leper came back to give God thanks and to praise Jesus for what he had accomplished. According to verse 15, this man came back shouting, He didn't come back quiet, which is why a little bit earlier I was trying to encourage some of you to become expressive with your praise and your worship. All throughout the Hebrew text, we see people expressing their love for God. The God that we serve is a mighty God, and we are mighty people, and we are an expressive people. You see it all throughout the Hebrew text. People would shout. People would exclaim. People would praise. People would clap. People would dance. It's part of your culture. Spiritually speaking, to be able to articulate how wonderful God is. And when you've been healed, you have no problem shouting. When you've been delivered, you have no problem opening up your mouth. The scripture says that the leper made a scene. He, he, he shouted, praise God. Can you imagine it? Ten lepers walking, miraculously being healed, but yet one shouting in the midst of walking. See, he couldn't even get to the temple. He had to stop where he was, go back to Jesus, and say, praise God. All my life I've been dealing with this skin issue, but yet I've come in contact with this man who claims to be the master of the universe, and I am healed. Praise God. Only God could have done this. He fell at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. See, worship is not just the voice it is also the demonstration of your body and when you've encountered the master you're not afraid to shout you're not afraid to bow you're not afraid to kneel if you have been healed and delivered there's something within you that should want to say thank you and at any cost demonstrate to God how grateful you are this leper was grateful But I also want you to see that this man was a Samaritan. And when you study the history of the Jews versus the Samaritans, the Jews felt like the Samaritans were a half-breed, that their spirituality was not authentic because they had some different practices. But here you had all of these Jewish lepers and one Samaritan leper and the Jews who should have known better. 
those who should have known, those who should have expressed their gratitude for what the Messiah had done, they missed the moment. But here you have the outcast of the outcast, the Samaritan of the lepers, who had enough sense to come back and say it's only right to give God praise. Be careful who you're going to see in the sanctuary during this next decade. It may not be the people who you would expect, but there is a generation of people who are going to rise up and praise God. They don't know the protocol. They don't know all the religious stuff, but all they know is they once were blind, but now they see and they know that the only proper thing is to say thank you. We at least got enough sense that when we go to a restaurant, if somebody gives you good service, to give them a tip and to say thank you for your service, yet we come into the house of God expecting God to move heaven and earth, yet we won't move our bodies or open up our mouths, but this is the moment and the hour for you to be like that Samaritan leper and to declare what God has done for you regardless of what people think regardless of how you feel regardless of what day of the week it is regardless of whether or not it's warm in the sanctuary or too hot in the sanctuary or too cold you've got to have that type of mindset that says I will praise my God and you can sit over there and look at me like I'm crazy but I don't care I don't care how many degrees I have I have an Ivy League degree and I can care less I will shout all over that Ivy League degree to declare how good my God has been because he's the God of my intellect, the God of my body, the God of my heart, the God of my emotion. All of it belongs to him, so I will give him praise. Hallelujah. It's the end of 2019, and I feel my help coming on. Is there anybody that's been delivered like the leopard? Anybody that's seen God move on your behalf? Anybody that's seen God make a way out of no way? Now's a good place for you to stick a praise right there and give God glory for what he's done. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, shout, church. You are on the outside looking in. Unclean, unclean. First natural, then spiritual. We were once in darkness, but God called us out of darkness and to his marvelous light, and now we're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you got it. Some of you, you got it. You caught the message already. Now's a good time to thank him. Now's a good time to say thank you. As you walk in your healing, I'm going to, I'm not even going to get to the temple yet. I'm going to praise him before I get to the priest. Hallelujah. Woo. So here's my message for today. And yeah, I'm just about done. On New Year's Eve, churches across the country will be filled with people asking God to bless their new year. People will petition God for a successful 2020 without giving God thanks for the 2019. And my question for you today is, are you in the 10%? Are you in the 10, the 10% that will praise God for what he's already done? There were 10 who were healed, but only 10% acknowledged what God had done for them. Are you in the 10% who are grateful for God's compassion, 
the 10% who will alter their schedules and return to give God glory. The 10% who are not afraid to make some noise and make a scene for the God who performed their miracle. I don't know what's in store for you for 2020. I can't see that far into the future, but I can see right now. You're sitting in this sanctuary, breath in your body, hair on your head, clothes on your back, fingernails on your fingers. Some of y'all don't look like what you've been through. You don't look like what you went through, but God has been good to you. God has been merciful. God has been kind. God has been spectacular, marvelous. I don't have enough adjectives to tell you how good he's been to you, but all I can tell you right now that you have an opportunity before the ball drops to give God glory. Somebody shout. Somebody give him praise right now. Are you in the 10% who will praise him right now? Will you remember what he's already done? Will you give him thanks for how he's already healed you? Will you give him thanks for every act he's performed in 2019? And don't just stop with 2019. Go back to 2018. Go back to 2017. Go back to 2016. Go back to 2015. Go back to 2014. 2013. 2012. 2011. My God's been good all 10 years of this decade. Hallelujah. That's it. That's my message. Are you a part of the 10% who will praise God for what he's already done? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. High five somebody and tell them I'm in the 10. I'm in the 10%. If he never performs another miracle, I'm in the 10%. I'm going to praise him right now. Right now. Right now, with a shout, with the demonstration of my body, with the demonstration of my hands clapping and my feet mouthing, I'm going to give them a praise right now. I'm in the 10. I'm in the 10. I'm in the 10. I'm going to close out this decade with praise. I'm going to step into the next decade with praise. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm in the tent. I'm in the tent. Come on up here, praise team. We're going to close out 2019 with an effective praise and an effective worship. The moral of the story is this. We're leaving 10 years, stepping into another 10 years. Don't make the mistake of the other nine. Listen, they were so busy walking in the newness of their season that they failed to go back to the one who healed them and to say thank you. But you want to know what I love about that passage? The one who said thank you received a double portion. See, the first nine, they just got their bodies healed. But that leper, that Samaritan who came back, got his entire life healed. Because the scripture says that he was healed, he was saved, his soul was saved. What's the bigger blessing? 
he was standing before the master of the universe who could not just heal his body but heal his soul we learned that a couple of weeks ago when we were reconsidering the box and those men who took their friend who was a paraplegic hoisted him up on the roof of a building to get to Jesus dropped a man from the roof and Jesus looked at him before he even addressed his physical issue he said your sins are forgiven then he looked at the Pharisee and said I know what y'all are thinking what's more miraculous the fact that I can heal his body or I can heal his soul see the Hallelujah. Listen. Hallelujah. The healing of your soul is more important than the healing of your body. See, that man who couldn't walk, who now could walk, one day he's going to die, and he did die, but he lived eternally because his soul was healed, because he had met the master who came to die on the, on the cross for his sins. So all I'm saying is that today, this last Sunday, before this new decade, you don't just want the physical healing. That's good, but that's icing on the cake. You want that soul type of healing. The God who can heal both body and soul. You want that dual blessing. And all across the country, there are going to be people packed into watch night services and New Year's Eve services, just, just looking for a blessing. And, and I know even some of you are here because it's the last Sunday of the year and, and you want to get things right. And I feel you. But what God wants you to do is to submit to the lordship of his son. The greater healing is in your soul. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. You need to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In the year of our Lord, 2019, in the year of our Lord, 2020, listen, there are so many skeptics that are trying to diminish the power of Jesus, but you can't even say the date without acknowledging his lordship. In the year of our Lord... 2019 in the year of our lord 2020 skeptics and atheists can't even say the date without acknowledging the historical impact of this man named jesus but i'm here to tell you that this man named jesus was historical and he was also supernatural supernaturally involved himself in history revealed as the messiah last sunday we talked about that that young baby lying in a manger who is the king he came to save the sins of the world some of us need to give our life to Jesus not give your time to church thinking that because we just show up to church or we do things in the church or we serve in the church that somehow we're covered no you need to confess him as Lord that means surrendering your heart surrendering your life he's not just the baby He's not just a little baby Jesus sitting in the manger. He's not just your homeboy or somebody you call on when you need a little bit of help. He's not just your savior or your rescuer. 
He is Lord, and he wants to be Lord over your life, and you should want him to be Lord over your life. So the key is, are you willing to surrender your heart? Some of you need to surrender your heart for the first time. You need Jesus to become Lord. Others of you, some of you, you have drifted from the Lord. Drifted from the Lord. You have you've drifted from him. You know him. You have a relationship, but you haven't been living for him. You've even distanced yourself. I mean, you show up physically, but just because you're somewhere in proximity doesn't mean that your heart is there. Your mind can be somewhere else, and you have gotten into this habit of just showing up. Maybe it's because there was something that happened in your life, a life-altering moment that caused you to question if God still loves you. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe there's something that you really wanted really, really bad and it didn't happen and you're frustrated because you thought that God was supposed to take care of you. And I'm here to remind you that he has been taking care of you. Sometimes he doesn't give us what we want, but he always provides what we need. I'm here to help you know that he is the God of your trouble and he is the God of your triumph. And even though he may not have done what you desired, even though he may not have brought your loved one back, even though you might have lost someone that was dear to you. He is the God of all comfort. And this commitment to Christianity is not just for the good times. It's also for the bad times. This God whom we serve is with us with our time of great triumph. And he's, time with us. he's with us in our times of great sorrow. And sometimes we have to redefine how we look at God. Shall we not endure his blessings and his sufferings? People just want to be blessed. They want to be blessed without realizing that they're already blessed. Blessing is not about material possession. Blessing is not always about the temporary things. And all that we see around us is temporary, even those who are closest to us. But our souls are eternal. And the scripture indicates that those who have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, that our souls belong to the Father in heaven. And even those whom we've lost in Christ, if they were in Christ, we'll see them again. And God wants to remind his church of what it means to be grateful for what we have. I'm not going to stand here and prophesy empty blessings and false promises. I'm here to tell you that there is a God who loves you. He's here for you. And like that leper, he is worthy to be praised. Can you praise him in your leprosy? Can you praise him like Job? Job had an endearing relationship with the Father in heaven. He lost everything, but he said, I will not curse you. Can you praise him when things are good or praise him when things are bad? Can you praise him in 2019 and in 2020 because he's worthy? Period. Period.